Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Ah, yes. Good morning to you, baseball fans. I know that it is football season for a lot of people, but man, we are in the dog days of mid-September in this very odd baseball season. Bruce Levine, and we've got two first-place teams to discuss. The White Sox with a big win last night coming from behind, maintaining a one-game lead on the Twins, who are battling the Indians in a series that was all sorts of interesting. And the Cubs, even with a 1-0 shutout loss, still have a three-game lead on the Cardinals with eight games in hand in the odd season. Good morning, Bruce. How you doing? Good morning, Matt. Uh, Yeah, it is baseball season. And how often have we been able to say here in Chicago we have two first-place teams in uh, September with only uh, two weeks left in the season? That's what we're looking at right now. It is a truncated season. We know it's short, but it is going to be an exciting finish with both teams, Matt, having difficult schedules to uh, wind it up with, both teams are going to, going to be impacted by the Minnesota Twins and the Cleveland Indians, both teams playing them going down the stretch. And then the finale at guaranteed rate, three games between the Cubs and Sox. You couldn't have written up better for a shortened season, the, the finish that uh, we're going to get here. So lots of good things to look forward to, just like this show today where we are going to have many guests, uh, Matt, including uh, Taylor McGregor from the Marquee Network joining us at 9.30, 10 o'clock, Bob Nightingale, USA Today, and at 10.30, the White Sox, uh, um, Evan Marshall joining us as well. And uh, please stay tuned for us as we inform you and hopefully entertain you and enlighten you on what's going on with the Cubs and Sox and all 28 other Major League teams. Lots to discuss with Evan Marshall, who gets into that game last night, picks up a win. He was in before Cody Hoyer, which was interesting to see uh, in that bullpen. With Taylor McGregor, we can talk about John Lester, who was surprisingly awesome last night after some very, very rough starts. 
And of course, with Bob Nightingale, all the national stuff, uh, COVID outbreak. Well, I shouldn't say an outbreak. One player positive in San Francisco, but last night's game and today's game postponed. If people don't didn't catch up on that, Giants and Padres postponed. I think that makes 45 games total postponed as MLB is yeah. trying to sort things out for the playoff bubble and what to do for the final week. San Diego is supposed to be one of those safe haven homes for for playoff games. So that, that's an interesting situation last night. But it, I don't think baseball is going to uh, allow the postseason to not happen, if I can use my words incorrectly. But it's like almost $800 million for those postseason games. They're going to find a way somehow, don't you think, Bruce? Well, you know, I think pandemic is the world champion, okay? They're, they Pandemic is undefeated. So Hopefully, uh, baseball, who is, and they have done a terrific job of keeping people safe and taking these precautions like they're taking in San Diego uh, with the Giants and the Padres right now. They've done a great job of, of following up on these uh, positive tests and then making sure that everyone is safe. So uh, you hope so, but I, I'm, I'm a little queasy about the bubble, uh, preparing a bubble, you know, at the end of the year and then a lot of pushback from uh, players. Yep. And uh, baseball personnel talking about whether their wives or family can be involved and whether they need to be uh, quarantined. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not into that part of it. I understand that they all have a right to have their families there and, and should. But, you know, I, I think we're missing the point right now. The point is we've gotten through almost an entire baseball season that nobody thought we'd be able to get through. And getting through the postseason uh, those last 30 days is going to be key, and it's important, way beyond the money, but just the, uh, the the way that baseball fans are able to enjoy the sport to a conclusion. Yeah, the uh, the, the teams, uh, you know, family is supposed to quarantine for seven days before they join the players in the bubble, and that's the way that the NHL did it, it's the way that the NBA did it, and that's what the players are pushing back on. So we will certainly discuss some of that with Bob Nightingale at the top of the hour. But first, let's talk about the locals. Um, the White Sox with a big come-from-behind win last night. This is Add this one, Bruce, in my opinion, to the list of games that you know a team that knows how to win finds a way to do. We've talked for like a year and then the off season and then here and early on in this this odd season about the White Sox learning how to win. That's an offense that got no hit for five innings. Lucas Giolito was not his best self and gave up three runs and is out of the game by the time they hit the bottom of the six, not having a hit. Casey Mize, the rookie, looks awesome for the Tigers. And the White Sox put it together, get to the bullpen, and Aloy Jimenez with one of his biggest moments of the year with that three-run homer. And the bullpen holds on. That's a that's a big comeback win for a first-place team and the kind of game that, that a team that doesn't know about themselves and believe in themselves probably doesn't come up with. Well, you're right, Matt. It's synonymous with uh, what the, the White Sox have been all about this year where uh, you know they score more runs from the sixth inning on than any team in baseball, at least for the first uh, month of the season. That was their uh, mantra. And, uh, and they, don't, they don't scare. They don't seem to uh, be able to be wiped out very often. And I, I think uh, the bullpen of the White Sox deserves an awful lot of credit for that as well because, uh, you know, they've, they've had malfunctions and injuries like all the teams have had in their pitching. Uh, but the bullpen has really come on. And some of these young guys – uh, that we'll talk about with uh, Evan Marshall have really stepped it up big uh, coming up and, and saving the White Sox 
with uh, injuries to Bummer and some of the other uh, important pieces. But nonetheless, what you said is right. Um, that is the calming effect of a team that's learning and feeling like they know how to win now. And, and that is fun to watch when you have all the weapons that they have and you see the calm of this team, uh, even with young players coming up in big situations, not really, uh, not really feeling any pressure, but just, just enjoying playing the game with their teammates and growing together. You know, Matt, uh, going back to 2017, I had talked to uh, uh, Executive Vice President Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn in spring training that year, and they said that it was really important to, for them in this rebuild to get the players together from either free agency, trade, international signings, and then have them grow together mm-hmm. as young players to build up a feeling of team. And they've done that extremely well. And it's, and it's noticeable when you see the, the bench, when you see uh, you know, the fun that they have, when you see a guy like um, Jimenez who delivers in big moments, but then you see the, the clown in him and the fun that he has with all of it. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's a growth pattern that we're watching on the south side that, that's great. I'm not saying they're going to dominate over the next five or six years. I'm just saying it's, it's great to watch a team grow into itself after uh, years of struggling. Absolutely. And, and the way they talk about it, too, after the game last night, Eloy talking about picking up Giolito and Giolito raving about the offense picking him up. It's, they have that, that undeniable fun an undeniable vibe that you can hear and see that uh, that's a winning baseball team. They talk and act like happy, eager teammates, loving the way that they're playing, enjoying each other's growth. And that, so you're seeing those kind of abstract benefits of exactly what you're talking about, what Kenny and, and, and Rick had told you years ago. And we see some of the physical manifestations of it too, with Eloy and Luis Robert knowing how to be outfielders next to each other because they've done it now for a little while. Of you know, of different guys knowing what it, what each other needs, both physically and, and interpersonally. It's pretty it's pretty remarkable to see. I, yeah, you know, Matt, I took a, a lot of joy as a baseball fan out of watching both those games last night. Lester uh, getting back to being John Lester and throwing those six. Uh, innings of, of shutout baseball and then watching Giolito at, not at his best but then watching him literally sweat buckets of water in that last inning that he pitched in the sixth inning trying to get out of a bases loaded jam trying to work his way out um, just the perseverance of the White Sox best pitcher and probably the poster guy for the White Sox going forward as the ace of that staff for the next who knows how many years, and just the struggle and the the fight in him, even though it didn't work out. Just watching him go through that it was it was sensational to watch. Uh, you know these guys perform, and I think you know even though it's a short season, I think it's been a nice treat for us on both uh, sides of town. I think it's absolutely true. Let, let's talk about John Lester here. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse on the 670 The Score, and by the way. Are people aware that you can now stream Cubs games on 670thescore.com to your laptop, smartphone, tablet, or any mobile device through the radio.com app? So if if you've been looking for a way to listen when the games are on and you have been disappointed that you haven't been able to hear them on the station, you can now. You can stream them now. 
uh, and that includes uh, tonight's game um, when Kyle Hendricks goes against Brett Anderson, old friend Brett Anderson. Right. But John Lester had been brutal since his first three starts, especially over the last two, 14 hits, 10 runs allowed in eight and two thirds over his last two starts. And yeah, we need to talk about the offense struggling and striking out 16 times against the Milwaukee Brewers. That's for sure. Brandon Woodruff may be the best start of his career for the Brewers. Um, but John Lester's six shutout innings, three hits, eight strikeouts, six scoreless. And what's most uh, impressive to me, Bruce, is, I mean, you know, you heard them and a lot of people read them. The way that Lester talked after his last bad start about having no confidence and wondering where the confidence is going to come from. And you guys see the line scores. I don't know. I try to take positives, but I can't. There was like six or seven different pull quotes that made you go like, whoa, are we talking about the end? And then and then what we saw last night was remarkable in that context. It it really was, uh, you know, and uh, you're right. uh, Lester showed the least confidence in himself of any time I've ever seen him as a Chicago Cub uh, after that last start. He basically just threw his hands up and said, I'm still working hard, Uh, we're still getting after it, and I'm not having any results. So, um, you know, the articles and the conversation on the score was all about, is this the end for John Lester? Getting together with Mike Borzello last week, okay, Mike Borzello, uh, one of the more integral and important coaches on the Chicago Cubs uh, since 2011 when uh, the, the Cubs, Theo uh, and Jed Hoyer, took over this team. And and his influence on the game plan and working uh, on some of the mechanics with him and Tommy Harvey with John on uh, staying back uh, and, and not pushing the ball, as Wilson Contreras put it, uh, finding, uh, finding the... Uh, the angles on his pitches. That's how John Lester described it. And being able to throw that cutter and uh, getting real uh, real rotation on his pitches. That's what they went back into the lab to do last week. And they, they did a great job of, of reinventing and finding him again. Uh, hmm. And this, this, this could be a, a huge difference maker for the Cubs going forward because I don't believe, Matt, that anyone thinks that just... Uh, Having um, uh, Darvish Two pitchers and in your rotation. alone yeah. is going to get it done to win, win yourself a world championship. You add John Lester to that equation, a good John Lester like we saw last night, a very good John Lester, and that changes the whole dynamic. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's an overstatement to say if you can continue to get John Lester at this level, it can change the future for the Chicago Cubs going into October. That's not an overstatement at all, considering the fourth starter right now is Adbert Alzali, who has not been impressive and got optioned back down. And the fifth starter is Johnny Holstaff until Tyler Chatwood and Jose Quintana um, come back. And there's some optimism on both of those guys. But no, that it was remarkable. Well, you're missing to see Mills. From, you got Mills, too. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive, sorry yeah, about Alec yeah. Mills. See, how dare I forget Alec Mills? Um, yeah, so, no, well, easy, he, easy to forget, but uh, he was a good guy his last that's time been out, really... Though. Really mm-hmm. been very important for them this year. He's, Absolutely, he's no, you're starts. right. Yeah, he, he's he's been he was really good his last time out. But um, but to to see Lester this good, no, there's there's no overstating it. If if it's if it's possible, and what he's trying to do every time, you know, existing in this kind of post stuff phase of his career, if you will, is trying to 
figure it out. Let's listen to David Ross last night after the game talking about it. And Ross said that he was worried about John Lester. I've had multiple friends call and text that they were just worried about where his headspace was. You know, when you're, when you're, you know, you're, you're lost as a player and what you need to do to have success. And with all the success he's had, you know, failure is hard. I mean, I think we can, we can relate that to even offensively with some of our guys, like, and, and trying to get back to where you feel like you can compete and be successful. Um, so when you feel like that and you don't know what to do or where to go, it's just very um, frustrating. Is not even the word. It's just, it just kind of beats you down because that's a lonely place out there on the mound uh, when you don't feel like you, you, you're on, on top of your game. And especially with the resume that John has and how well he's done over his career. So there it is, um, John Lester finding another way to do it. Um, what else coming out of that game, Bruce? How about Craig Kimbrell with a high leverage middle reliever situation and comes in and gets a couple of strikeouts in a shutout inning, his 10th straight relief appearance with at least two Ks, extending a record he broke from Lee Smith. But there's, there's Kimbrell, a setup guy, and getting the job done in a 0-0 I'm, game. I'm glad you brought that up, Matt, because I believe that the, the, the group that we saw yesterday will be switched around very quickly. Nobody's noticed, but uh, Kimbrell has struck out two guys, I think, in five or six straight start, uh, straight outings uh, that he's had uh, over the over the last uh, couple weeks. So I think he's ready to assume the role. You know, uh, when you look at uh, the the other two guys, they've they've been great. I mean, uh, they they've saved uh, you know they they've saved the bullpen. Uh, but when you, when it comes to this time. Mm-hmm. Um, they need, and, and, uh, Theo Epstein said it the other day, they, they need John Lester to be John Lester. They need Kimbrell to be Kimbrell. And I think he needs to start saving games and going in the back end there. Uh, mm. so you can have these other two fine young pitchers or not young, but two pitchers, yeah. uh, setting up properly. I think that that's the way that they will go at some point here over the next week. That's very interesting. Jeffress uh, called on to try and maintain a 0-0 game, gave up a sacrifice fly to Ryan Braun. This after Rowan Wick uh, gave up the base runner and a hit, uh, the walk, and, and then a hit. Um, and, and, and he was in his second inning of work. So it's interesting. And, and Jeffress has been terrific. Uh, yep. I, so, But it, we'll see whether Kimbrell is back to the ninth I think he's he's probably pitched like he can be back to the eighth in front of Wick. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. You're, you're but, afraid, huh? You're afraid yeah. of the ninth for him. Well, there's uh, only you know been... he's earned that. He, yeah. he you know he's earned that over the last year with the Cubs, unfortunately. But there is that sign. You know the fastball command is there right now. The yes, breaking is. ball is getting better. It's 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 not quite the break that they want, but getting close with what they've been able to do, uh, changing the rotation on his breaking ball. So I think he's very close, and I think it's essential for them uh, to switch it around and have him at the end. We'll see when it happens. Yeah, he is, uh, the game that, that really cost him was against the Reds where the walks came back to bite him. So if he, can, if he does have the control, 
then uh, he certainly keeps striking out guys every time he's out there, like you said. All right, at 670, the score, it's inside the clubhouse. Matt Spiegel and Bruce Levine dealing with two first-place teams and enjoying ourselves as we do it. Bob Nightingale on the national scene and the postseason bubble at the top of the hour. Evan Marshall a little bit more than an hour from now on the White Sox bullpen and their big win last night. Coming up next, Taylor McGregor from the Marquee Sports Network will talk Cubs with us on Inside the Clubhouse on 670, the score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse, right here on 670 The Score. This segment is brought to you by Valparaiso University. The satisfaction that comes with living to your full potential is immeasurable. It's a quality of life that Valparaiso University graduates enjoy every day. At Valpo, your full potential receives our total commitment. Visit valpo.edu to request information, apply, or schedule a visit. Bruce Levine is the man. I am Matt Spiegel here on Inside the Clubhouse. And uh, Bruce, um, more Cubs and Brewers. 14 games left in this this season, by the way. It's the, it's the dog days of mid-September. It's very hard to get a handle on how this whole thing feels. You, you know what the cool thing is if you're a Cub fan? Uh, they finish off with the Brewers here, and it's pretty essential that they they finish well here these next couple of games, not let the Brewers get too close. But they're done with the Cardinals and Brewers after Sunday, okay? Yep. I mean, no more head-to-head. And the really important thing is is that St. Louis and Milwaukee play their entire 10-game schedule over the next two weeks. So they play 10 games, a couple of doubleheaders in there, and it's likely... Uh, that the Cardinals and Brewers are going to knock each other off while the while the Cubs are not playing them. However, mm-hmm. the Cubs' schedule is full of its own uh, situations, playing Minnesota, Cleveland, and the White Sox going down the stretch. So it's not going to be an easy road, uh, but they do have uh, the uh, the idea knowing that uh, they they do not play head-to-head against the Cardinals if they have a lead. Yes, and while those two teams are battling it out, kind of like the White Sox right now, who have the Tigers while the Twins and the Indians are battling it out. So, yeah, it's very, very interesting stuff as the uh, schedule plays out here with eight games in hand for the Cubs over the second-place Cardinals. Our next guest joins us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline. Alpamonte Ford is in Melrose Park. From the Marquee Network, our friend Taylor McGregor joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Taylor. How are you? I'm, I'm a huge college football fan, so uh-huh. 
I woke up and got to enjoy some college game day right now, which is making me very happy in the in the midst of this baseball season. So I'm a happy, happy girl right now as we push into the playoffs and college football is back on my TV. Taylor, when you look at, uh, excuse me, covering the uh, Chicago Cubs in this unique season, uh, your first year coming over after, uh, you know, some great experience covering the Colorado Rockies, what has been the biggest challenge for you uh, as far as um, uniquely covering the Cubs on the marquee network and and trying to do so without uh, main contact with players and coaches? Well, it's been very challenging just to feel like I'm doing my job well without inside access. I think everybody who covers the team feels that, that it's challenging. Um, for me, something that I always really try to do is find information and, and talk to players in ways that nobody else did so that I could bring something that was valuable to the broadcast. And this season, uh, obviously, I don't have the ability to do that. So it's been a lot more challenging trying to be innovative and bring creative things to the broadcast. So this season, for sure, it's just been um, trying to find like I said, that valuable information that nobody else knows and that I feel like is important in my role to bring. But I think, you know, as a whole, just being in Chicago, I don't know if this is necessarily a challenge, but it's it's fun having people so passionate about a team. And, you know, there's so many fans at home that read – religiously they're listening to you guys every morning and and they they just know so much about the team and so as a team reporter you know you have to be five steps ahead of them and i and i really like that challenge and i just am so thankful to be a part of something that people care so deeply about it's been a lot of fun wow what a great answer appreciate that candor very much yeah the the passion of the fan base is daunting but that's what you want um for for a team and a gig and I understand what you're saying about the broadcast. You've been doing a really good job coming up with interesting nuggets or things on Twitter, like where it all started, that thing that you had from the, the players, like showing their first ballparks and, and working those kind of uh, things in. It's, it, it, has felt, it has felt unique. So what you're going for, you're, you're getting there. Know that much. Um, well, what have you... you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What, what have you... Uh, Tell us about some of the interesting places around Wrigley Field that you've ended up, because I think you've 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 been in just about every section. You're probably seeing some <laughs> angles and perspectives you would not see if those pesky fans were in the way. For sure, you know, and that's another thing in this season that I'm trying to be thankful for because to be the only one out there in that historic ballpark, there's been a few moments where I just had to sit back and say, wow, this is so cool. And I'm so thankful to be here. And I think out in the bleachers, just the history there. And and you know what it's usually like um, during any game at Wrigley. And then to be out there and be the only one, that's been really cool. And, and I think as, as reporters and, especially sideline reporters, like I get so used to my location down in the dugout. And that's kind of the way that I see a majority of the games. And so anytime you get out beyond that, it's cool because it's different. I, I, back in Colorado, I used to go out to 
center field and be like, wow, this is so cool. And people would be like, well, what are you talking about? You're right down there in the dugout. I'm like, yeah, but that's what I'm used to. You know, I'm not used to this. And seeing it from a different perspective is cool. Just like for you guys, if you were to, to sit in my seat, it's cool for you because it's different. Um, so I think just really seeing all the different views around the ballpark that aren't in the dugout have, have been awesome. So super thankful for that. As far as the different areas around this, we're still um, going to add some, some stuff in the, in the broadcast in the coming weeks that I'm excited about. Just like random memorabilia and archive things because there's so much history within this ballpark within this organization that I've gotten to see a little bit as we kind of plan to put it in the broadcast. So I'm, I'm really excited about showing fans those. I love the history of, of the ballpark. I think it's so interesting. I love being out there by the Ivy. Uh, getting to know the history behind that was really cool for me. And just learning, like I said, all about the ballpark and why everything is the way that it is because there's a reason for everything. And you, you view it and you see it and you don't really think deeply into why it is the way that it is, but there certainly is meaning. So I've enjoyed all of all of that and I can't wait for fans to get back, no doubt, but it has been something that I've tried to enjoy in the meantime to just take it in. Taylor McGregor of the Marquee Network joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. We're with you every week, 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball between 9 and 11. He's Matt on Bruce, and we will continue to be with you throughout the year as well. Taylor, uh, just uh, the difference in the fan bases, the Colorado uh, even though it's relatively new, you know, over the last 30 years or so, you know, 27 years uh, of being functional, and you, uh, you uh, being an integral part of that, uh, with your dad being the president of that ball club at some point, and then, uh, you know, kind of looking at the fan bases, even though you 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 don't have the actual fans in the ballpark right now, uh, what what do you make out of uh, you know the difference between? a Colorado fan and a Chicago fan at this juncture? <laughs> well, let me tell you, I've been to Wrigley Field before with fans, and I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was the way the fans are involved within the game. You know, they understand when there's two strikes and two outs to stand up and cheer. Or if a guy has a no-hitter and he gives it up in the six, they're still going to cheer when he comes off the field. And stuff like that where, um, you know, Colorado is awesome because they sell out and they have huge crowds just like Wrigley does. But, And I'm not saying it's, you know, in any way discrediting them, but I never felt when there was a no-hitter that they understood how how big that was, you know. So when, right. when I would come here and all of a sudden fans would be on their feet with two outs, I'm like, whoa, they, they, they really understand and appreciate the importance of everything happening in the game. So I think that's probably what stood out to me the most is just kind of the engagement within the game, if that makes sense. What what, what do we make of John Lester last night, who, who is coming off a, a brutal stretch, a scary stretch at this point in his career? Then last night, he gets swinging strikes at an unbelievable rate, uh, Brett Taylor over Bleacher Nation just shared that it was the third highest in any start of his entire Cubs career for swinging strikes. It's a uh, it's pretty remarkable uh, progression between starts for John Lester last night. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up missing bats because that to me is 
what, even at the beginning of the year when he was getting out, you weren't seeing the swing and miss um, like you would have hoped. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, the numbers early on were there. Obviously, this last stretch, they were not. But then last night, for him to not only put up the numbers that he did, but then the swing and miss, that shows the deception. And and that, to, to me, was the most encouraging. And then what's you know this about the game of baseball and um, especially for pitchers to just get that confidence um, because he, he mentioned last night post game that there's always, he's always working on things mechanically and you know, you, you feel semi-confident going into a game, but until you get a response from a hitter, you don't know how it's going to play out. And then to get the response from the hitters last night, like he did with the swing and the miss and, and then to be able to go six innings and have his body feel good, that breeds confidence. And, and if you want a pitcher, I mean, obviously you always want him to be confident, but um, especially this point in the season, getting into this stretch run and into the postseason, um, I'm, I'm really encouraged by his start. And we hear it all the time. Starting pitching sets the tone. And I think on that staff, he having him confident is so important and it's something that we don't talk about enough but if you're true ace like a Lester because of his experience in this game isn't feeling him true his you know his full self and his true self I think in a way it impacts the other guys more than they would probably lead on to and so now that he kind of feels the way that he does, I only see it positively impacting the rest of the club. So really encouraged by what we saw last night and excited for what's to come the rest of the season season with the staff. I think that's a great analysis, Taylor. Hey, a uh, couple of Chicago questions. You're new here. You're enjoying city life. So uh, a couple of questions here. Hot dog. What are the condiments on your hot dog? So this is so bad, and this is the one part uh, I haven't fully accepted yet. I do put ketchup on my hot dog, and That's I don't fine. really understand. Okay. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> don't let the shamers get to you, McGregor. It's okay. Be yourself. It's all right. Yes, thank you. Thank you. But I, I will say that I was always team thin crust pizza, but Lou Malnati's honestly has changed uh, my mind there you and go. my heart. And there you I go. am so obsessed with deep dish pizza, probably too much, where I look back at the end of a month and I'm like, I had pizza ten days this month. That is <laughs> I, that's unheard of for me. You so. you and everybody else. You know, the pizza <laughs> yeah. industry has grown uh, so so large uh, over this uh, pandemic. So you, the you people, have no idea. So the people, Bruce, yeah, yes, indeed. Very say, very nicely done, fine, Matt. Very you know. nicely done. <laughs> yeah. All right, one more, one more, Taylor. Um, L Uber or uh, driving in the city? Wh- which way do you get around? Okay, so to the ballpark, I do drive, but I love public transportation. Um, in, the, in the middle of the pandemic, I've tried to not be around crowds for obvious reasons, especially with our jobs. You know, I just want to be as safe as possible. So haven't taken the L as much. But when I would visit Chicago, that was the main way that I liked to get around. Even if I could Uber, I'm like, let's take the L because I, um, I love it. And I love the people watching and just kind of seeing the city from that perspective. I think 
once things kind of get back to a little bit more normal, I'll, I'll be taking the L a lot more. Taylor, we can't, can't thank you enough. Keep up the great work. Uh, it's, it's really fun watching you do your thing on Marquee Network. And uh, Matt and I uh, have uh, grown to be friends with you over these last months, and, and it's uh, something that we really enjoy. Thanks again for joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. Well, thanks so much for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Taylor. Yeah, you take care. And and uh, Matt, I think she she is doing a sensational job. If you you don't even have to consider um, how difficult it is. I'm up there with eight or ten or eleven other media people in the press box. Taylor's uh, roaming uh, the stands by herself. Uh, it's odd at the very at the very best to even be covering games as a reporter. Uh, let alone coming up with these uh, unique little stories and, and things like that without access to the players directly. So uh, I think she's doing a great job. 670, the score is where you are. It's inside the clubhouse. Top of the hour, Bob Nightingale will join us. When we come back, a couple more details from the games uh, last night for Cubs and Sox as the first place teams maintain that lead. A reminder that tomorrow morning there is uh, no hit and run. Because, but yay for our Cub pre, pre uh, football game, our bear game. Yeah, and before every Bears game, tune into the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show with Hub Arkish, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz. Go to betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store now. This Sunday, the pregame show starts at nine. I will be doing hit and run in my bedroom for myself and uh, really anybody else I can. Mm I can. Uh, I, I think can I'll be streaming on that. Yeah. I will be streaming on your show <laughs> as well as listening to the uh, the Bear pregame show on the Score starting at nine with Hub, Patrick, and Olin. Yeah, um, we're going to squeeze in a couple of hit and runs on some Saturdays, I think, coming up in the next uh, few weeks, which I'm uh, looking forward to very much as baseball season rolls on inside the clubhouse on 670. The Score comes back with much more next, right here. Eloy hits it high in the air. Deep left field, way up, and out of here, bring him home, and bring the Sox a three-run home run, give the lead 4-3. Big, big moment for Eloy Jimenez last night with the three-run homer in the sixth inning after Casey Mize had been terrific, Lucas Giolito had gotten knocked out of the game. And the White Sox get only three hits, but it's enough to get it done. Bruce Levine, uh, this offense is showing that they have the goods to come up with it in just about every situation. Uh, Pitching staff has put a lot of things together. Uh, A lot of people wondering about the manager, though. And Rick Hahn had a chance to speak on that yesterday morning. uh, He's getting the opportunity more to sort of savor and enjoy it which is tough to do on this type of schedule, especially, you know, what lays ahead in seven next 17 nights. But at some point, it maybe won't be until after this year's over. I hope he's able to sort of look back and take some satisfaction in showing that he wasn't the guy who was just here to sort of be the caretaker through the rebuild and then not necessarily a guy who could get us that next step. Still fully believe he's capable of getting us that next step. Well, that's pretty frank. What'd you make of uh, Rick Hahn's comments on? Well, Ricky I mean, Rangeria? it's something you know, uh, Matt. It's something that we in the media alluded to over the last four years, especially because of the fact that Ricky only got that one year to uh, to be with the Cubs, and even though they improved, and guys like Rizzo and Castro 
had much better years with Renteria at the helm. Uh, he was viewed as uh, not ready for primetime guy when they, they moved Joe Madden in. And he's had to live with that stigma all the way through this until now. So uh, for him to be the leading candidate for American League Manager of the Year at this point, I think there's a tremendous amount of satisfaction uh, for Ricky Renteria. And uh, why wouldn't he be right at the forefront of being that Manager of the Year right now? Yeah, it's a it's it's pretty amazing turnaround for this team. I mean, they're they're loaded with offensive players, that's for sure. And we know what Giolito figured out last year. Keuchel has been uh, himself has been a real good version of himself when he's been healthy. But yeah, you talk about a bunch uh, learning to win, and there's only so much you can credit those veterans that they brought in. At some point, you have to talk about the guy, you know, in charge of uh, in charge of the room, don't you? You have to look there. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I think Renteria, and, and he has been carrying a chip on his shoulder because he was asked uh, three days ago by uh, Steve Greenberg of the Sun-Times uh, to evaluate himself. And uh, he said, I, I think uh, I'll just let you guys do that. That's uh, that's your job, not mine. And uh, I'll just uh, continue to uh, be the manager of the White Sox. You guys figure out whether or not I'm doing a good job or not. And uh was there a, a hint of sarcasm in the answer? Ricky's a, a pretty direct, honest guy. So maybe a small amount, of, you know, a little bit of bitterness about being second-guessed about how good of a manager he is. But uh, the proof is in the pudding. And right now, uh, Ricky Renderia is your, your leading uh, candidate for American League Manager of the Year. The White Sox are, would be the three seed right now in the American League. And in terms of winning pers- Winning percentage, they're right there with the Oakland A's behind only the Rays and the Dodgers in all of baseball. Pretty remarkable. Next hour on Inside the Clubhouse, Evan Marshall of the White Sox will join us at the bottom of the hour. But when we come back, what to make of the postseason bubble and what do the happenings on the West Coast last night and today with postponements due to that? We'll talk to Bob Nightingale from USA Today about it next on Inside the Clubhouse on The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.